Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about how your time is up once you reach the devastating age of 31. Unfortunately for the two of us uh, and our guest today, we're past our prime years, as we learned on this week's episode of The Bachelor. Yeah, I am. We will muddle through. I'm an entire high school terms amount of years past my prime at this point. (laughs) Like, imagine that. Joining us to help break down episode two is friend of the pod, Jacqueline Trumbull, host of A Little Help for Our Friends, who you may also remember, of course, from Ari's season of The Bachelor. Jacqueline, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with fellow expired women. Yes. I like to think of this as a safe space for for expired women. (laughs) We're aging out of relevance, but this is our... This is our special But we spot. get this. Yeah. We get this as a little treat. You get to talk about The Bachelor as a little treat, yeah. even though Can't your time has come and gone. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into today's recap, just a reminder that we have bonus podcasts over on our Substack, Rich Text. This week, we dove into comedian Jacqueline Novak's absolutely brilliant comedy special, Get on your knees. It's all about the blowjob. Lots of fun stuff. You can find that episode over at claireandemma.substack.com. And now, without further ado, we got to dive right in. This episode, once again, starts with the cold open. It seems like they have decided this is their new creative direction. This is like the post-Flice era. They're going to do cold opens now. And the camera pans over this the lit up mansion at night as we hear the distinctive voice of Lauren saying that she is upset. I think we we might actually have a clip. It's coming from a place deep inside of me that is pissed off. Just take a deep breath. I'm only here to 
check in on you. I don't even want to talk to you now because now I'm just in a bad mood to do it because everybody and their mother already went. Oh, boy. Uh, this is a solid place to start. Uh, Lauren is deeply pissed off. We have no idea why. And Joey's like, I feel terrible. I'm so sorry. This has been hard on you. And then someone arrives with a cake. A producer arrives with a cake. She's like, there's my cake. It's red velvet. Well, it's supposed to be. Joey finally says goodbye and leaves, and she starts to eat the cake with a fork and then her hands, and then she throws it on the ground and says, it's not red velvet. The minute I saw the cake, I was like, this isn't going to end well. (laughs) Cakes are constant victims of this franchise. A cake cannot survive an episode of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. It never ends well for the cake. Yeah, I think the only time it's gone well was when Teresa and Gary licked frosting off of each other's lips when she came to the mansion. But normally this is how it ends. The cake is smashed. A woman is in tears. It's very chilling, very dark stuff. So how are we going to get here? We cut to a morning scene, still no music. I love that they're doing this almost more sort of like documentary style. They're like, there's no music here. We're not telling you how to feel. They're just playing tennis in the morning. Joey is teaching Jesse how to strengthen his forehand. And Jesse is like, wow, you're so encouraging. You're so skillful. I would have been maybe a professional tennis player if I had had you when I was younger. You're such a good communicator. If you can be the bachelor as well as you teach tennis, we're good to go. Honestly, I agree with Jesse's <laughs> assessment. Usually, usually these kind of statements are just a bunch of bullshit. But I'm like, honestly, yes. This is his the skills he developed as a tennis pro are really coming in handy in being the bachelor. Joey's wonderful. Yeah. Can't, can't we just see him leading a, a group of seven-year-olds in in some some sort of exercises in order to learn how to volley at the net. Like, it's just, you can you can see him wrangling a group, and you're like, this is where he should be. Now we're with the women. It's a beautiful day. The gates are opening to let in a horde of ladies in teeny, solid-color neutral tops and baggy jeans. They're arriving at Villa de la Vina, and they're so ready. Jesse comes in to congratulate the remaining 22 women, and he asks Lauren what it's like to date the same guy as her sister. And she's like, well, we've done it before. And everyone's like, what? And Allison jumps in to be like, well, Lauren was talking to a guy, and then we realized I dated him in college. This seems... I'm going to say that (laughs) seeing all of the aesthetics of this scene, I was like, we have completed the transformation. (laughs) We have fully gone from the pageant aesthetic era into the TikTok girly era. Oh, yeah. You see it in the baggy jeans. You see it in in the like neutrals and the little tanks. Yeah, it's they're all matching. They're all wearing shifted. like khaki color, basic clingy tanks, and then there's a slice of abdomen, and then the giant flared leg of the pant. You know, I do. So it's the, true. The TikTok girl aesthetic is like effortless casual or something. Effortless chic. I feel like that is the Gen Z, okay. Gen Z vibe. Yeah. I mean, I I like it. I think it's a a great look. I l- looked at all of their pants and I was like, 
what jeans are you wearing? And then I was like, Emma, you won't look like that <laughs> if you put on those jeans. Might, they might yeah. not it <laughs> might not have the same effect. My TikTok but, algorithm is very weird. So I stay off of it and I'm not up to speed on the fashion trends. Yeah, mine is mostly parenting stuff. And that's all about making me feel bad for sleep training. So this is like a different <laughs> side of TikTok. Um, but it's what the young girlies are wearing, you know, the 20-somethings, the and we, we applaud them. Jesse leaves the first date card, and Sydney gets up to read it. Rachel, Taylor, Kelsey T., Lexi, Evelyn, Erica, Maria, Lauren, and Jess. Here comes the bride. The bridal march begins to play. The women shriek in joy because this is basically the same thing as marrying Joey. <laughs> exactly the same. No different. Who knew that it, the wedding would be happening already? The card then ends by telling the women to head to the other room to choose their gowns. And Autumn sort of like squeaks in dismay. She's like, they're literally picking out their dresses. I'm like, no, Autumn, they're not <laughs> literally picking out their wedding dresses. It, it's a costume, babe. <laughs> it's a costume for a theme date. It's okay. They're not marrying Joey. <laughs> also, I think this is when we all started to like gird our loins. We were like preparing mentally and physically for yet another photo shoot wedding date. Yeah, I was and absolutely then, convinced this was going to be a photo shoot, a wedding photo shoot date again. And instead, we were pleasantly surprised. Because they did simply something else, which I I love. <laughs> um, but meanwhile, the women have to make sure they don't get stuck with bad dresses. So immediately, they all race out of the room, jostling each other, bumping into each other. They're racing from room to room, looking for the dresses. There's like a comical, like big band version of the bridal march playing over the sequence. It's very slapstick. They really lean into it with the editing. <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. Give me that comedy. Like, it is comedic. These women are are just grabbing at the racks, throwing each other onto the ground, specifically yeah. Rachel. Well, poor what, Rachel is just collateral damage. What happens to poor Rachel is that they knock over a garment rack, like a big metal garment rack, <laughs> and it falls on top of her. It takes her out. <laughs> it's like she's a bowling pin. And they... They're just still pawing through the dresses and looking over their shoulder as she lies on the floor underneath the big hunk of metal to be like, are you okay? And in her, in the moment, Rachel laughs about this and kind of imitates how they were still looking at dresses and asking her if she was okay. And that made me like her. <laughs> I was like, she has a good <laughs> this sense of This was a great episode for Rachel. Yes. Um, and I loved, I did love that this was a moment of just like comic, like it's like ludicrous over the top competition between the women, but it's played more for a laugh than as if they're just like these monstrous harpies, which is what I've come to yes. expect from the show. I really feel, continue to feel like this season just feels different from past seasons, which I am enjoying. I, I do think that we're seeing some post Fleiss era changes. Honestly, like we've had a couple seasons that I think have have felt different and that certainly I think after the energy of Golden, it's given them a little bit more license to like lean into the fun elements of the show and take creative risks. I use that in quotes like the cold open. Yeah. Jacqueline, I'm curious, like if if it feels different to you, because I feel like Emma and I are always like, it's so different now. And I'm wondering, like, if if you 
are feeling like this season is a little different from past seasons? I don't know if I can tell yet, but I do think that I've noticed a trend away from some of the nastier drama and the like stirring up of, of meanness, maybe. Yeah. It's always hard to say until, yeah, until the drama train really gets going, but fingers crossed. Um, the, the women dress themselves up as the, the women not on the date watch enviously. And Star is like, Joey's going to be visualizing these women in wedding dresses. And I'm scared to not be one of them. It's terrifying. Do we think men are that simple? It's like, well, he saw <laughs> them in a white dress one time. He has to marry one of them now. Like his feeble mind cannot conceive of a alternate future. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's like if a man sees you holding a baby, you know, then he's like, well. Then you're pregnant. uh, That's the mother of my child now. (laughs) Maria jokes that she looks like an 80-year-old grandma who hosts the wedding and hits on young men. And I'm like, you are wearing a backless plunging V-neck gown. (laughs) So I aspire to be that 80-year-old grandma for sure. Well, she it's she's like, it's demure as opposed to her normal style, which we see on display later. Oh, yeah. And that's not a criticism, just... She's also 29, which is, you know, pretty precipitously close to her expiration date, and so... Yeah. In bachelor terms, She must be getting worried. Yeah. 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 Not a great grandma, but a grandma. The women then drive off to the date in cars decorated with almost married signs and tin cans dragging behind... And inside, they're recording little video messages with, like, a selfie stick. And Maria is recording a message about what she needs at her wedding. And she says that she needs her dad at her wedding. And she's like, I miss my dad so much. And Lauren, who is next to her, starts to look upset and says, tell me about it. And Kelsey is like, are you okay? Kelsey T. And she's like, yeah, it's just my dad recently died. And then... She waits for a sort of a calmer moment, and then she tells Maria that this made her emotional because her dad died recently, and Maria then looks very upset. She hugs her, and Kelsey T. also is, like, checking in on her. She's like, are you okay? And Lauren's like, no, it's fine. I would want my dad there, too, obviously. It's it's totally fine. I, I had, like, mixed feelings about this little scene, because I really relate to Lauren here, that she like had this feeling and she just wanted to share it, but it also just felt like the wrong moment to share it because the women are all excited. They're not in like a good headspace to talk about her pain and she doesn't know them that well yet. And I'm like, do you want this to be your, like my dad is dead <laughs> reveal moment on the show? Like I, I was like, maybe this was a bad move. What did you guys think? Well, there's a lot of, I think there's just a lot of pressure to present a certain way on the show, even just with the women. And it's, I think there's this freak out moment that, uh, and clearly she had it where she felt like she had to be bubbly the whole time. And if anybody could kind of perceive her not being that way there, you know, there had to be an explanation for it. Lauren is like, she's, well, I'm sorry, I'll leave it there. Yeah, there's there's going to be more, more time to talk about Lauren, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joey is waiting for them at an outdoor venue. He's all done up in his tux. The women get out of the cars. They look beautiful. I actually do love a lot of the dresses. Erica has, like, a very full ball gown on, and Kelsey T has, like, a beautiful appliqued plunging bodice dress. And... T- 
Taylor is in white satin gloves, and she is still, nonetheless, ready to fight at a moment's notice if Jess takes her time again. She's like, I got claws under here, and I can use them. Taylor. Taylor's really holding on to this grudge against <laughs> Jess. She's like, I will claw her face off. It's, if that's it's what I need to do. just what women do, okay? <laughs> For time with Joey. <laughs> the date concept is wedding reception. And I was just at this point so surprised and excited that it wasn't a photo shoot. Um, it is an interest. I don't think I've ever seen them do something quite like this before. Have you guys ever seen anything like this where it's like a fake wedding and they have to like they go around and greet the guests and they sample cakes They're They actually like hired people to come and pretend to be guests at the wedding. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a date like it. No, I haven't. I've definitely, I think we've seen them do stuff like bring someone home to like a hometown to mingle and test those kind of skills a little later on or like, like on a one-on-one run into a random family and sit down for a barbecue with them. And I feel like this is sort of piggybacking off of that kind of date, but then forcing it into a group situation. And I enjoyed it because I do think Joey got to observe how these women handled themselves in a big social situation. If they could stand out, if they could have a good time, make the most of it, like make him laugh and feel comfortable and have a good time. It was just, I don't know. It felt kind of, even for being like the most unnatural thing, it oddly felt more natural than a lot of the dates. I was surprised by how low stakes all the dates were this episode. They didn't have to do anything like horrifically outside of their comfort zones. I mean, Mm. you know, they they just went around and talked to some strangers and ate some cake and like danced a little bit. It wasn't, it wasn't like they had to do stand up comedy while roasting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you guys have to do that on your season, Jacqueline? Did you have to do anything like massively embarrassing or terrifying? Um, I mean, my, honestly, I thought mine was kind of a low stakes day too. I mean, we had to do luchador wrestling in front of a crowd and that was the highest stakes for me. And then the other one was, when I had a one-on-one, everyone went to the Moulin Rouge and, uh, you know, put on oh, fancy costumes yeah. and performed. But that's, like, awesome, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. A little scary, but awesome. Mm-hmm. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about this wedding reception date. Can you keep up? I like Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And 
My husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we are back. And Rachel is excited because she loves weddings. She's been a bridesmaid, but she never thought she'd be at her own wedding with nine other brides. Yeah, I loved Rachel giving her wedding resume. She's like, well, I love weddings. I've been in a wedding. I didn't think I'd be at this <laughs> specific wedding, but generally weddings are a setting that I can handle. Meanwhile, Erica's never been to a wedding. So I was like, oh, I guess we did need Rachel's wedding resume. You're like, some of us are prepared for this date <laughs> and some of us are not. <laughs> they walk into the venue. It's full of cakes and flowers and, and guests. Jesse Palmer MCs. And announces the couples. And then they all hit the dance floor together. Joey's like doing his signature dance moves. I think we might have a clip of him explaining this. I don't really have a go-to dance move. I just kind of try to move the hips. Obviously, the arms start swaying a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, I'm just dancing. But I don't really have a go-to. I wish I did. It'd be a little bit easier. Like salsa right now. I don't even know if that counts. 
I love this explanation this so of charming. how white people dance. I'm like, yeah, that's how we do it. We're just like, my body's moving. I I don't know. Yeah, he's this like, yeah, dancing. the hips. It start it starts from the hips vaguely, and then my arms are doing something. I was like, yeah, that that is the white person yeah. vibe. I I relate, and I just found it really charming. He seems so self aware. He's like, yeah, I'm just I'm just swaying. <laughs> Would love would love to be more skilled, but <laughs> this is what and I got. And then he's like, I'm salsing now. And I was like, Joey, whatever you're doing, it's not salsa. <laughs> Jesse announces the challenge, which is that they're going to do these wedding reception activities with Joey. And then one of them will be awarded the first dance with him. And first they have to play bridal musical chairs for the seat next to Joey at the reception table. I loved how they immediately all took off their stiletto heels. And... Yes. I also was really annoyed at this because it's a rigged game. You have to walk around the really long chairless side of the table, which has 10 chairs because it's Joey and his nine brides. You have to walk around the chairless side of the table in the middle of the musical chairs. So obviously you're not going to get one of the prime seats if they stop the music when you're on the other side of the table. Unless, (laughs) as, (laughs) as Evelyn figures out, you throw yourself over the table, reckless of possible injury to yourself or others. This was unbelievable. The way, the height that she got, yeah. the way she just catapulted herself over that table, the fact that they had the the footage to just play in slow motion over and over and over again. I thought it was honestly rude that someone didn't just step aside and give her one of the chairs next to Joey. It was like she earned it. Yeah. She ended up, however, falling in Lauren's lap, I believe. Imagine the terror of seeing this woman <laughs> launch herself towards you. <laughs> I know. I, I really felt like Evelyn deserved it, but I'm like, I guess there's some courage in putting yourself in the line of of a bride hurtling over the table and standing you know, your ground. You know, that's true. Um, and Joey and Maria were very impressed Joey's like, I could talk about Evelyn's athletic ability all day. <laughs> He's like, there's a lot, a lot of potential there that I could work with. Um, and so at least she made an impression. Maria and Joey have some time together at the reception first. They sample cake together, which is how we all learn that her dad owns a sprinkle company. I need there to be a hometown date yeah. with Maria because I need more on her father. Yeah. That seems, that feels like a guarantee at this point. Like, why would they pass up that kind of opportunity? Jacqueline, do you remember her dad from the first episode where he's like smoking a giant cigar? And all <laughs> it was black? that guy. Yeah. And, and I'm like, that guy owns a sprinkle company? I, I was <laughs> yeah. really thinking like multitudes. rock star, but okay. Um, <laughs> and we see him do the rounds with various women. They're doing, like, cake, they're having cocktails, and they're going around to the tables and talking to the various guests. And he seems really happy with how everyone is leaning into the date, but Lauren has a sour face on. She She's upset, and then she's even more upset because she can't not be upset and have a good time like everyone else. Maria asks her if it's just that she's in a wedding dress. And Lauren very tactfully is like, and when you said you wanted your dad to be at your wedding, that that also made me upset. I was like, poor Maria, that's such a normal thing to say. (laughs) 
And so she steps out with Lauren to hug her and comfort her and assure her, like, you're not bringing anyone down. You have a valid reason to be upset. Like, this is a real thing that happened to you. But Lauren is just really struggling in her in the moment. She's like, I'm just salty now. She says, I th- feel like salty is the only emotion Lauren will ever cop to. She's like, I'm not <laughs> yeah. mad. I'm just salty. Yes. I'm not sad. I'm just salty. What does she think salty means? She just, yeah, she has, seems to have no ability to tap into her more like squishy, vulnerable emotions, which is kind of the name of the game on this show. So very yeah. quickly, I was like, she's not going to be okay in this setting, especially given that she's gone through like a very recent trauma yeah. and is clearly still in the throes of it, which makes a lot of sense. She says her dad died, what, seven mm-hmm. months prior? I mean, that's very rough. But it is interesting that all of those emotions come out in this just like low-grade anger. Yeah, and I guess it comes saltiness. out as being pissed or, yeah, or salty. Yeah. Jacqueline, what did you think about this? I, she seems like somebody. So there were a couple comments made throughout the episode um, for both her and her sister. Where I mean, a when she started crying about her father with Joey, just the constant apologizing, and then later on when Allison said, "You know, you just need to be bubbly and excited and happy." There, I think this thing has happened to them, <laughs> where <laughs> men have probably made them feel. Or somebody's made them feel like being emotional is a bad strategy. Like it's too mm-hmm. much for men to handle. Mm-hmm. And so they have to go in and present their light, fun side at all times. And if they don't do that, they're at risk of being rejected. And so it, it just seems like there's this need to be constantly okay and fun and like, you know, uh, filling a room. So... I, I kind of yeah. feel for her, especially in the, because it, in some ways for me too, The Bachelor was the first time where it actually felt like crying was encouraged and vulnerability was encouraged. I, I know, you know, my dating experience before then was very much the always present the fun light self. So mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised that her emotion kind of came out a little bit chaotically because if you don't allow yourself to have negative emotions, then they're, they're just... They're just stuck squeaking out, you know? Yeah. 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 I found myself wanting to grab her and be like, you're sad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay. Access that feeling. But I can see how, uh, yeah, especially in The Bachelor, it doesn't play well to be pissy. It always would play better to be vulnerable and sad. But if you're trying so hard not to be vulnerable and sad, it can just come out as as pissy. Yeah. Because you're just like, this isn't going the way I wanted it to. I'm, I'm. trying so hard to like harden everything and stay on the right register and it's not working um she had she had such a a rough a rough week so back with the group guests are clinking glasses as joey and jess sample cupcakes and learn that they're both left-handed you guys I mean, a match made in heaven. Imagine. Like, what else do you need? What else do you need? Imagine That's the little it. brood of left-handed children they could raise. <laughs> they kiss, and Taylor yells, tomato, 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 and does a thumbs down, as you do uh, when you don't have an actual tomato to throw at a nice couple that's <laughs> kissing. And she tells the other women that she just, like, doesn't like the Southern girl bit that Jess is doing. And, you know, she's like, I I don't want to be that girl. But she is being that girl. And it's like, Taylor, let it go. That was let yesterday. It, you gotta, 
<laughs> this is you gotta thing. move on i'm still kind of salty with jess though too me i mean yes <laughs> yes but then it's like the if you if you let yourself keep feeling salty and keep talking <laughs> shit very quickly people are like i don't really remember what jess did but I know that yeah, you're. I remember your you're unpleasant. It's <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, like there's a reason that Taylor peters out in this episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I mean, Jess is not my favorite either. But you know, we got it. We got to let it go. You got. I feel like you. The the best strategy with Jess is like kind of let her topple herself. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. yeah the, which I think she will. The overconfidence from night one usually ends up doing that. Uh, Rachel, meanwhile, is really thriving in this setting. She calls Joy up for a cute toast about how she didn't fall in love with him for his beautiful eyes, but his beautiful mind. Do we know that yet, that he has one of those? He's a great intellect, Jacqueline. (laughs) (laughs) And his beautiful heart. (laughs) She jokes about all his exes being there and then says, cheers to your past. But here's to our future. She really nails this, aside from the beautiful mind thing. And Joey's very impressed. So I, I had a good feeling about, about Rachel for, for the first dance. And in fact, that is the woman that he picks to have that special moment together. Dancing to the sounds of Michael Bolton performing When a Man Loves a Woman. I shrieked when they said Michael Yolton. Michael Yolton. Michael Bolton. Like, yeah, You're you're so excited. (laughs) You you can't even say his name. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty big get for them. For just this little moment. I mean. I I was like, where is the D-list country star? (laughs) This is a real upgrade. I do. I feel like this is a sort of Michael Bolton's... uh, brand in a way is just being like i'm just here to have fun if you have a bit for me in your in your snl sketch or in just a date on the bachelor why not i enjoy it especially if it (laughs) pays well i would assume yeah (laughs) they kiss during their dance and uh taylor has to concede that they did have some chemistry which was tough um they get in some good reaction shots of the women trying not to look at them too dead on because it's too upsetting and also lauren swigging champagne and looking dead behind the eyes it's really struggling yeah uh and and with that we're on to the night date they're they're dressed down now in merely festive party attire joey's in like a checked jacket very 1970s and Maria grabs him first. They have a brief conversation about their mutual attraction. And then she tells him that she can't breathe in her dress, which I do believe because it is a very tight-looking white corset-style yeah. dress. I think I think it's a House of CB corset dress. And honestly, those are genuinely hard to breathe in. So she's like, I'm going to slip into something a little more comfortable. Maybe something with no waist restriction of any kind <laughs> or waist. And in his in the moment, he says he wants to see more from Maria. And boy, is he about to, because she comes out in basically a bra top and skirt. Joey's the eyes were bug so out of his excited. Head. Oh, my God. This was the editors were so excited when he said, I really want to see more from her. They were like, zing. <laughs> I thought this was actually the moment, though, I was most attracted to Joey when she came out and his, the look on his face. And then when she's like, I'm not trying to seduce you. And he goes, uh huh. I was just like, oh, this guy's like smooth in his in his like 
attraction to another. I don't know. I just well, he's yeah. he, there's something confident about the fact that he's okay yes. with her seeing that he's into it, but yes. also he's not being gross about it. Right. Right. He's like not being lecherous at all. <laughs> he's just like he's like okay, yep, I see what you're doing, but it's work. Yep. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, his jaw just drops and he's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Which to me is like the funniest way of vocalizing that he's suddenly very turned on. And he's bright pink. He's like, I can't remember what we were talking about. Um, and then I think we have a clip of the next bit of their conversation. I was telling him I wasn't trying to seduce him, but maybe... I was a little bit. I think Joey was a little shocked, but it's working. He's really enjoying it. I'm hoping that when Joey goes to sleep, I am the only thing on his mind. I like you. I already know I do. I'm glad you're here, and I want to get to know more about who Maria is because mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know that much other than Canada. I got nothing. You got nothing. But since you're wearing this, all I can think about is... Straight to the makeout. <laughs> it's like, I'd love to get to know you more, but since you're wearing a bra, um, that won't be happening. We'll <laughs> be making out instead. <laughs> they have such an intense physical chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't. I think this is a pretty good strategy. Like, go super hard in for the physical chemistry when there's, like, not a lot. When you only have 10 minutes to spend with him, mm. you know? So it's like certainly impactful. Fill it with the thing that has the most impact, right? And then later on, you can get to know each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, she's like, I'll secure the one-on-one, -on -one, and then I can tell him <laughs> yeah. about who I am. But right now, he needs to remember that he's very attracted to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's so smart. She's just so confident. I, I'm, like, disarmed by this energy. I, I don't relate to it at all, but I'm in awe of it. Yeah. I think that if I came out in that outfit, um, <laughs> Joey would just be like, you look really uncomfortable. And I'd be like, I am. Can I go put on uh, some sort of caftan, maybe? But yeah. she doesn't. She's, she's like, I'm genuinely so comfortable in this bra and skirt. And when she reemerges, the women are all kind of shocked. They're like, you changed your clothes? What's that Well, because she's like, wow, I had such a great conversation with him. And they're like, wait, you're wearing a completely yeah, different outfit. Like, <laughs> that was the other thing. Is I was like, this is also sort of a mind game for the other women. Like, they're like, why did you change your clothes? Like, what happened that you would be in different clothes after your conversation with Joey? And she's like, oh, it was nothing. I just, my dress was uncomfortable. So I wanted to slip into something a little more comfortable. That's also what she said to Joey. As if that is not, like, the classic thing that a woman says before she changes into lingerie, like, to have sex. Like, she's like, oh, oh I yeah. just Maria to into something a little more comfortable. Yeah, we know, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to, to, start, to start a little bit of something with Joey. And then she says it to the other women as if they're not going to, like, clock into that. Rachel, in her in the moment is clearly trying to, she's, like, a little thrown off by this, but she's clearly trying to, like, not be a bitch about it. So she's like, Maria's doing things that I personally wouldn't do, but we're all different. And that was her choice. This struck me as, like, the producers trying to get her to say something bitchy. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, like, well, tell me what you, re what do you really think about it? Is that something you would do? Would you have done that for jo Like, I, mm -hmm. you can, like, feel the leading questions and you can feel her trying to kind of dance around it. Good and job, And be Rachel. honest. Yeah. But, 
Yeah. I mean, she if, did well. If I had Maria's body, I would spend as little time in clothing as possible, I think. <laughs> so I can't blame her. <laughs> as long as Again, she feels I, good. I respect it. That's the most <laughs> important thing. Joey then has time with some of the other women. He tells Kelsey that she not only gives him a calm feeling, she was the first to check on him that day. They and He feels like she's really there for him. And I like Kelsey. I want more from her. She has very, um, yeah, very, like, gentle, calming energy. Back with the women, meanwhile, Jess says that she's been in her head because there have been little comments about her all day. And she and Joey kiss, and she was on a high, but then she hears the comments. It brings her back down. And Taylor's like, yeah, I gave a thumbs down because I didn't like it. So, <laughs> yeah, I gave a thumbs down. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Taylor, for speaking up. That's very, uh, very honest. Now Jess is really upset. She's like, this is more than having trouble with the other women. It's deeper than that. It's bringing me back to bad memories of my old relationship. Okay. I got a little confused during this. Me too. I was going to say, this is a confusing pivot to an emotional disclosure for me. Yeah. Like the thematic pivot didn't quite work for me. (laughs) Yeah. She, She gets into it a little more when she talks to Joey. She's choking up through her smile. She's like, I've been through a lot in my past relationships. I was with my ex for three years. There was infidelity. And I've worked really hard to build myself back up and find someone I feel the spark with and to have people tell her, just chill, it sucks. So I guess the connection is that she lost herself in this relationship where she wasn't treated well. And now she's excited about someone new and people aren't letting her feel good about it. So she's feeling bad about romantic relationship again, which is sort of the same as being treated badly in her old relationship. What did you guys think about yeah. this? Yeah, Jacqueline, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I, you know, I'm uh, I'm of two minds. One mind is when you go in and you can feel that people don't like you, your the panic is going to rise very quickly and you're going to there's a good chance you're going to unravel. My other mind is that I find Jess really annoying and so <laughs> then I want to find every possible excuse to blame her for this. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, the, I yeah, the pivot didn't make very much sense because I I don't see what infidelity has to do with anything. I did love when Joey was like on his side because I thought it would have been so awesome. <laughs> she was like, no, it was <laughs> there was infidelity. It was mine, um, which I was mean, very painful. I know, there was a lot me. of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so hard how I cheated so much on my yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I I agree with you, Jacqueline. I was sort of struggling with this. Like, obviously, I felt empathy for her in the sense that, yeah, it sucks to feel socially isolated. You can feel when you're rubbing people the wrong way. And I'm sure, you know, she's 24. Sometimes you kind of dive into social interactions, realize halfway in that, like, you've done it wrong and Mm -hmm. you don't know how to get yourself out of that. And so in that sense, I felt empathetic towards her. But yeah, it was like the making of the connect. Well, I felt bad for her, but like the making of the connection then to this past relationship, to me, the two things have nothing to right. do with it one another. Right, it felt a little like, inauthentic. Yeah, like you don't, just because you have been harmed in a past relationship, that doesn't give you license to be like a bull in a china shop when right. it comes to the dyna- social dynamics of other peers. Well, this like, is, this you is, don't just get to feel good at the expense of other people feeling good. I think this is something that happens with 
people who are feeling insecure or who, who just aren't secure enough in themselves yet, which is that they, they put on a confident act and maybe they feel it in the moment. And so they don't, they're not cautious about how they present themselves. And then when there's initial blowback, it's like, that's just me. I feel, I don't have any regrets. I was just being me. And then when the consequences continue, then it's suddenly like a complete dissolving. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and panic and freak out and then finding something other, like finding uh, an excuse for it or something to blame for it. And I, it was just like, there's, the connection here doesn't make any sense. The fact that people are making comments about her because of her own behavior, somehow that translates into, I got excited about a relationship and then was told not to be and then got lost in it. it it's just, it, it just yeah. seems like she got upset because of consequences and then was like, the last time I felt this way was in this relationship and yeah, I'm still I, insecure. I, yeah, yeah. There was something to me that bugged me about saying like, oh, I found someone I have the spark with and people are telling me to chill and that sucks. And I'm like, well, you didn't find someone you feel the spark with. You're on this show with a bunch of other people (laughs) who also feel a spark with Joey. And they think that you are having a chilling effect on their ability to pursue that connection. And it's like, it's that like main character sort of like solipsism that she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm having a relationship with Joey and these other people are here causing issues for me <laughs> like that's there are people too there are whole people who also are excited about this relationship and that definitely bugged me but joey loves that she opened up and he relates to her he's like i've also changed myself in a relationship to make someone else happy and i want you to feel safe with me and she's like i already do and then they kiss he's like this is amazing she's showing a whole different vulnerable side on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the rest of the episode. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lift or Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. 
And we are back. And we're also back at the mansion. A date card arrives late at night, and it is the first one-on-one for Daisy. It reads, I want a love that hits all the right notes. Heart, Joey. Daisy. First date, she she confides in the group that she has hearing loss and that he doesn't know that yet. So this is, I guess, the first time that the women are finding out as well. And she tells them that she's only been on one date since getting her cochlear implant. And she's never been on a date with someone that she didn't know prior. So she's never, like, had this disclosure conversation. And back on the group date, meanwhile, Lauren tells the group that she needs to talk to Joey about her vibe today and hopefully turn it into more of a positive. So they sit to talk, and he says he felt bad that they didn't get time at the wedding reception. They were the only ones out of the nine women. He was, She was the only one that he didn't, like, do the rounds with and everything. And she gets emotional and says it was her fault. She says it was hard to put on a wedding dress because it hit her that her dad won't be there for her wedding. She's weeping, and Joey is, like, gently wiping her tears with his fingertips and reassuring her. And he did this multiple times during this episode. I was like, oh, the gentle touch of Joey. <laughs> the pads <laughs> of his fingers, wiping your tears away. She says that grief comes in waves, as we as we just always are discussing on this show. She's like, it comes in waves, and it really hit me like a ton of bricks. Joey feels terrible. He's like, I wish I could have helped you feel more comfortable in the moment. And yeah, like you were saying, Jacqueline, she keeps apologizing for crying. And he tells her not to apologize. And she's like, I just wanted to stay because I really am interested in this, pursuing this with you. And he's like, well, I'm so glad that you still want that. How how did you guys feel about how he handled this? I don't, I thought he did well. Generally, what did what did you think? Yeah, I thought he did just fine. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Is- I mean, I, he. <laughs> this thing happens on the show where they have the same. The lead has the same response to multiple different people, and then you're like, "Oh, okay, this is a shtick." But then I'm like, ah, "But it's a pretty good response." You know, take your yeah. time, take a deep breath. It's okay. You know, I'm here for you. I just. How many times have we had experiences with men where crying is like a complete threat to the relationship falling apart, not deep mm-hmm. into a relationship, but when you're first initially starting to date somebody, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's usually a death sentence to like have this big emotional, you know, crying session. And you can tell she's absolutely freaking out about it. And I think he did a pretty good job of trying to alleviate that. Yeah. yeah, And, and also articulating that like, he understands that this is something she's been through quite recently. Right. Her feelings are valid, and he's, like, honored that she would mm-hmm. want to be there for him. Mm-hmm. After this, Joey grabs the group date rose and gives it to Jess, <laughs> thanking her for opening up. I, I just was like, oh, so production really wants to keep Jess keep the heat on Jess. Like, that that was my takeaway from this. You yeah. think that was more production than Joey's decision? I, I think Joey wanted to keep her, but I don't know that he's the most into Jess out of that group of women. Yeah, I couldn't decide. Because this happens a lot on the show where men seemingly mistake uh, inse- insecurity and f- falling apart because they're actually not 
ready to be in this setting for um, falling in love with them and like just being so vulnerable because they just have such strong feelings for them. And then they kind of, then they keep that person. But I'm like, I never know if that's them or production. Yeah, it's hard to say because yeah, could go either way. We don't know early who, on. We don't, yeah. we don't know who makes those decisions. One person I was sure production had it out for this episode was Lauren, but we will discuss that further. <laughs> Daisy, meanwhile, is getting ready for her one-on-one in her Barbie pink sundress, and everyone is like applauding her and like helping her get ready. They're so excited for her. And she is ready to go. But she's like, I do still have insecurities. I always wanted people to see me as this happy, bubbly person. But I'm still learning new stuff about me. I'm still discovering new sounds every day. And she says the first night was really challenging because it was such a sensory overload with the noise bouncing off the walls. But she thinks that Joey is is genuine and this is worth it. So she is ready for her first date. And, of course, they're going to be in a helicopter. Oh, a classic Bachelor move. Also, the first date usually indicates that this person is going to make it Mm -hmm. at least to hometowns. They usually don't win, although look at Teresa on Golden Bachelor, so who knows. But it's definitely like a prime spot. We're going to see a lot of Daisy this season. Oh, yeah. This is is a big a big uh, moment for, for Daisy. And she's, she's really happy to be there when he sees her. She says, thank you for picking me, which is something I don't think we see them say too often on these dates. But she confesses in her in the moment that she's also panicked because she's not sure if she'll be able to hear him in the helicopter. But she can. And so that's the first challenge out of the way. And they have a beautiful helicopter ride. They kiss a little bit. And then when they land, they're at a surprise location, the Beach Life Ranch, where they have VIP passes for uh, some sort of music festival that I've never heard of. Some sort yeah, of like, I just country Googled music it. Festival. It is the best country music festival in California, uh, according to the Beach Life Ranch <laughs> website. They have <laughs> declared themselves the best. They are the the largest beach party and country music festival in Southern California. I was so relieved for her, though. I was positive that when they read that date card, she was going to have to go into a recording studio and write about her burgeoning love for Joey and then, you know, have all sorts of sound <laughs> oh, difficulties. Lord. And then that would be what prompted her conversation. Oh, Instead, they just put her in two very, very noisy and overwhelming yeah, situations. I, was, I know. I was I was, like, I was oh, nervous. God. Like, the, she's she's like yeah, I'd love music. This is great. But like, this has to be kind of a tough setting for her to hear. They're in a crowd. There's all these people milling about. She says later, like, it is hard with the cochlear implant for her to distinguish voices from one another. And there are so many voices in this setting. It's it's interesting. One of our listeners um, wrote us an email who has experienced hearing loss and she was saying that she feels like hearing loss with a cochlear implant is kind of the perfect disability for The Bachelor. And Mm -hmm. I thought that that was such an astute observation because it doesn't disrupt any kind of conventional beauty standards. There is something about, you know, someone like Daisy, especially, who did not experience hearing loss until she had learned to speak. Um, You can't really 
tell it from her voice. Her cochlear implant can be hidden and then revealed in a moment of real vulnerability. And so it it's this way that the show can delve into these marginalized experiences while still hewing very closely to the the structures and like standards of desire that they enjoy so much. And yeah, shout out to Isabel for writing us that yeah. lovely email. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's a good point about the reveal. That's exactly what happens on this date. And there's even a point where it seems like she could reveal it during the first portion of the date. They sort of sit to talk over a beer at the festival. He asks her about her job. She says she's transitioning out of what she did before to run her nonprofit full time. But she doesn't say specifically what it is because it's not the right moment. The right moment is obviously during the night date. That's when we reveal our secrets. That's when we like pull the hair aside or we say like, actually my father passed away. And so she, she manages to put that off for later. And then they go on stage to slow dance to a song by a musician named Bahamas who I'd never heard of, but um, they have a little slow dance on stage while he sings a slow song and they kiss. And at the end of the day, they're both feeling great and very positive about this connection. He's like, she feels like my girlfriend. And they had all Joey is like, looks all like eyes of love at Daisy. He's very into her. And then they head off to the night date. They're like couple matching and white and tan. And Joey asks her for more details about her nonprofit work. He's like, you really lit up when you mentioned that. I love whenever a bachelor is able to say something like that, like he's actually paying attention to these women. He's like, I noticed what you were excited about. And I'm like, you were paying attention to a woman? (laughs) Wow. Not just her hot face and hot bod. Wow. I love that. Good job, Joey. You deserve a gold star. He does. And she knows that this is the moment for the reveal. So she says she needs to explain what would make life with her different. She gets into the backstory of her illness. It started when she was around 11. She started having seizures. Um, She would get very sick whenever she caught an illness. When she was 17, she started losing her hearing, and it kept getting worse. She kept getting sick, and she became sort of sick all the time. And finally, they found out she had Lyme disease. She ended up going to Germany for a treatment, and she points out some of the scars that she has from the tubes that they put in when she was being treated. She says she lost hair, she lost weight, but after the treatment, she began to feel healthy again, except that her hearing kept getting worse. And she tells him that she now has a cochlear implant, and she shows it to him. She says she's still learning. She says, you probably noticed that I said what a lot today. And he's like, not really, but I will now. <laughs> now that I know. He's like, I'll pay, I'll pay more attention. <laughs> I did Google because I was curious, like, why Germany? And it seems like there is this kind of experimental clinic that a lot of people go to as like sort of a last resort Lyme disease treatment. Like if it gets wow. bad enough, like she describes she couldn't even walk a block. She was essentially bedridden. Um, and they heat up body temperature to the point where it can hopefully kill the bacteria. Causing yeah. So there seems to be a little controversy around it, yeah. but it, it's not something you I just can found do it in the States. Yeah. 
So Joey asks about her health and she's like, I'm super healthy now. And he's like, you seem super healthy. And she does explain that, you know, it's hard for her to understand him without seeing his face because I guess she can't distinguish voices from each other very well. And I think we have a clip of her showing him her implant for the first time. Did you have any idea? Did I have any idea? Yeah. No. Did you no. see it at all today? No, I didn't. I was Do too busy looking in your eyes. Yeah, I'd love to see it. <laughs> I'll show you. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So it actually comes off. Mm-hmm. And so I have like a piece probably like that big that's in my skull and goes into my head. Electrically stimulates my auditory nerve and yeah, sends the signals to my brain. Okay. So that's how I hear. Okay. And so right when they activate you, you don't know what it's going to sound like. And that's the scariest thing. Of some course. Pe- some people don't hear anything at the beginning. I was blessed enough that I could hear words, but everyone sounded like a chipmunk. Really? Yeah. Do I sound like a chipmunk right now? No, not okay. right now, because like it gets better and better. So I don't know if I'd be able to distinguish your voice from somebody else right. talking to me. So that's why like me being able to like look at you is like really important. But like I said, it is something that, like, it's always going to be part of me. It's always going to make me a little different. I enjoyed that she actually took the time to explain how a cochlear implant works. Loved the physiology lesson. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, And you can tell this is something she's very passionate about. Obviously, that is, you know, she's written a children's book. Um, she, She does a lot of work in this area. And so you could tell that she was like, both on this great date, but also like there's going to be a lot of people watching this that don't know anything about hearing loss, about cochlear implants. So while I have all of you here, yeah, I'm going to actually explain what it's like. And also I think a lot of people have the misconception that the minute a cochlear implant is turned on, the person just has mm-hmm. the equivalent, the exact equivalent of hearing if they had not experienced hearing loss. And that is clearly not the case. Yeah, that was very interesting to me to to have that explained more. And Joey is also very impressed by all of this. He's like, I, I'm, I, I only find you more interesting and more impressive because of all this and the fact that you want to help people with your experiences. And they make out. He gives her the rose. He's like... This is amazing. Daisy is so resilient. That's so important. And they're just flying high at this point. And with that, it's time for the final date of the episode, a group date. Joey is just casually flipping truck tires over shirtless in the desert as you do when you're waiting for your date to begin. He's feeling strong about his connection with Daisy and also physically strong because he can flip those truck tires. I didn't expect him to look that good. Shirtless for some reason. <laughs> it was it was a nice little a little treat. Okay. Yeah, it was. Listen, I, I yeah. love a tennis body. It's not like overbuilt, you know? It's mm-hmm. like tasteful. Yeah, more my vibe developed. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh he doesn't leave his shirt off for too long because once the women run up in their little spandex workout sets, he immediately puts his shirt back on and they're like, No, but he he must put his shirt back on. I did enjoy that he clearly is like, I'm not the kind of beefcake that just enjoys walking around half naked to, like, show my bod off to all the ladies. He's like, okay, 
uh, we're done here. You yeah. filmed your little segment of me with the tires. <laughs> now it's time for the real date. But he says he has a couple friends there to help him. And we see Jubilee Sharp and Demi Burnett. Yes. Jubilee is, of course, from season 20 of The Bachelor. Demi from season 23. And this was such a delightful surprise. Like, I never thought we would see Jubilee, certainly. I never on our thought TV we would see Demi again. again. Like, I feel like they, bo- like they both went on Paradise a couple times. But it had been a while. And Demi was very, like, went through a sort of a, a process where she was sort of like, that part of my life was toxic and unhealthy. And, you know, giving up drinking and talking about that a lot on her platform. So I was, yeah, I was definitely surprised to see them both back. And also two women who were not even on the same season. I was a little bit like, how did this happen? But always happy to see two of the greats back on my screen. Jubilee, of course, is a veteran, a military veteran. So she is here to put these women through bachelor boot camp. She's like, I want to see if they're tough enough to survive a relationship with Joey, the sweetest, softest boy bachelor who will wipe your tears away with the tips of his fingers. Can they handle it? (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those metaphors that just did not work for me because he seems very easy to have a relationship with. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) kind of amazing. But I was like, whatever. If this is what it took to have Jubilee back, I'm down. It's fine. They do some push-ups. They do some tire flipping. Demi is, like, filing her nails while all the women work hard. And Joey is, like, sympathetically doing all the exercises with them. Just that real intense camp counselor energy. He's like, yeah, guys, you got it. I'll even do do it with you. We can just do one more, right? (laughs) And then Demi announces that the final challenge is an ultimate paint battle for a chance to spend extra time with Joey. And so the women all put on white coveralls with, like, pink and blue hearts on the front. And it's sort of like a Color Wars-style thing. Each side has a fluffy, stuffed pink or blue heart to protect. And they have to steal the other team's heart and bring it back to their home base. And also there's paintballs. It doesn't seem like the paintballs do anything. <laughs> no. It's just capture the flag <laughs> with fluffy pa- fluffy hearts and some buckets of paint. But I enjoyed it. It, As you said earlier, Jacqueline, low stakes. They're having fun. No one's getting severely injured like they do during a football date. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch. And they, they have a lot of fun also with the editing. Like they do this kind of like campy survivor style editing with like shots of just snakes slithering in the desert <laughs> like scorpions yeah they have fun with the graphics and the title cards i also i also love as a student of bachelor history that the the theme that arises is that they need to guard and protect joey's heart <laughs> casey Call. a case of a major legend. major casey uh throwback but ultimately they play two out of three and ultimately the blue team wins after Truly heroic efforts by Edwina, who wins the first round by just running over and just grabbing the pink team's heart (laughs) while they throw paint at her. And she's like, whatever, I'm doing it for Joey. And so they, they win and they're like, I guess we get the extra time. Amazing. Until they learn that the extra time is only for one of them. And they won't find out which one until later. I thought this was pretty mean, actually. I agree. And the fact that they all had to get 
dressed yeah. as if they're going on a date. And then the date card comes and it's ultimately for Edwina. And it's just such an awkward moment. Edwina's like, well, I'm happy. And everyone's like, yeah, you should be happy. But they're also like on the verge of tears. It's <sighs> it's just rough. Yeah. It was, but I did love her reaction. <laughs> yeah, I love that she stuck up for I herself, know. but I was really bummed that she had to. I thought it was kind of yeah. shitty. Like she yeah. really put herself through it during the date. We saw her like making huge efforts to help the team win. And I get that everyone's disappointed, but everyone's just so silent and sour-faced. And she has to be like, I don't think I should feel sad for going on a date with Joey. And they're all like, yeah, I guess. And I'm like... <laughs> I know, I feel like the, I feel like the women you were all like weren't on... Let's get some of that energy in here, you know? I know it's hard, but... At least the women who weren't on the blue team yeah. and weren't like actively disappointed should have been able to get it up for... Yeah. Edina, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it up for Edwina. As she gets in the limo, she says, everyone feels like they're here for a reason, but I'm here for a reason too. I'm here to get my husband. I Yeah, I just really felt like it was kind of sad that she was made to feel like no one thought that she was relevant enough to have this moment. Yeah, that that's they, interesting. I definitely felt a bit of like, they don't think that I count, but I do. I also want to pursue this relationship. It does suck when you're the other girls, though, because this is your whole chance this week to have yeah. to build anything. And it just is like, okay, why am I even here if I'm going to miss an entire? Like, I have to play. You have to play so much catch up if you miss up if you miss a week. Yeah. Um, I personally hate the competing for time dates for that reason, yeah. but same. It is what it is. Edwina ends up basically having a one-on-one date with a rose and everything. It's a quiet evening at Joey's place. And they sit on the couch and just talk. And she says that she doesn't know how to be vulnerable. And he's like, say more about that. And she explains, like, coming from an African family, she's the first daughter. Her family immigrated from Liberia. There was a lot of expectation to do chores, take care of the house and the younger siblings from a very early age. And she's under a lot of pressure. And she sort of tears up and starts to cry. And again, he gently wipes her tears away with his fingers. And he's like, I'm sure you're making them proud. And he offers her the rose. They kiss. She's feeling very confident after this that Joey is going to be her husband. I like, though, I like in these disclosures how the, the thing that bothered me about Daisy is, and I, I understand why she was feeling this way, but it's very much a, like, I have to tell him to see whether he'll accept me versus Edwino's was just like, I'm going to tell him who I am. And there's going to yeah. be emotion mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Yeah. I always hate when it feels like they have this sense that they might be rejected for a part of themselves and they're they're just sort of waiting to see if it's okay with him that like their parents are divorced or they're divorced or they have a child or a disability like it it's never it it then it comes into play later with with medina the sense that like it's uncomfortable to to see someone dealing with the stigma and the sense that they're they're going to potentially be penalized for that by this person they're dating. Um, You always hate to see that. Speaking of Medina, we're getting into it right now because back at the house, she is feeling emotional about losing out on the time. She was also on the blue team. And I think we have a clip of what she says to the other women. There is a lot of pressure for me 
Like, I'm 31. And so I think, like, the age thing is making me a little emotional. It just, it just feels like higher stakes being the oldest person here. For me to come here as a 31-year-old, it's like, I feel like my time is very, like, limited. I really don't have, like, the time to waste. Yeah, it's hard to catch, but at the end, she's whispering. I wish I didn't say that out loud now because everyone, I guess, their reaction was not what she hoped. It's just, (sighs) oh, I felt so bad for her in this moment because I'm like, first of all, fuck a culture that tells women that by the time they reach their 30s, they're out of time. It's this, like, race against the clock to, like, get someone to love them that if a man is, you know, two or three years younger than them, that's, like, kind of pathetic for them to even think he would be into them. Like, it it just made me so mad. And then also the fact that in making this disclosure to the group, she did kind of set herself up to be, like, pitied by the group for her age, which is also a bummer. And then she immediately felt this vulnerability that was quite uncomfortable. I just, I wanted to give her a hug and it made me really bummed out. Is she the contestant who has a fertility diagnosis? No. No, that's Lexi, who's also in her 30s. Lexi is. Yes. Sorry, the the one who has expressed the fertility worries is Lexi, not Medina. So that changes how I saw this. So yeah, then it is really sad that she's so freaked out. Yeah, I I also feel weird because we end up not seeing Medina have the conversation with Joey that she says she right. wants to explain to him why her age plays into the pressure she feels. And I was I was like I kind of want to know more myself. Like is it about a fertility diagnosis? Is mm-hmm. it about something else? Like is it just about the life path that she always wanted? Does she want a really big family? Like does her family, you know, expect certain things? Like I actually want to know more about what plays into this feeling like such a a stressful thing for her and we we don't find out. They completely skip that conversation with Joey. No, it was like Medina was at the center of this drama that plays out through the rest of the episode, and yet she was so largely absent for it. It's like the specter of Medina was mm-hmm. there, but the real argument was ultimately between Maria and Sydney. And I did that made me feel kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. So the the way the argument starts is that Maria is just not impressed by Medina's feelings. She's like, well, I'm 29, so I'm also older than Joey. Should I feel bad that I'm older than some of the other girls here? Older than Joey? I don't feel weird about that. And then we cut to Maria outside during a more, like, they're more scattered, having smaller conversations. She's, like, reenacting the scene for another woman and saying that Medina said something about her age. And she's like, so here's what happened. She's like this. And her tone is clearly kind of a shit-talking tone. It's not, like, a nice tone. Inside, uh, Krissa and Sydney are sitting together uh, in a small group, and they can hear this. And I think Krissa says they're talking shit. And Sydney hears Medina's name, and she's like, that's my girl. I need to say something. So the next morning at Villa de la Vina, there's just a hint of future drama in the air. It has come to Medina's attention 
that Maria said, well, I'm old too, and that this felt like downplaying her feelings. So Taylor conveys this to Maria. Taylor is like Maria's little, little, uh, little ally. And, and to Lauren, who is like, I'm old too. And I'm like, we keep moving down. Like now 28 year olds (laughs) now are saying that they're old. Everyone please calm down. I need a nap. And now Maria is upset that Medina was told this she insists in her in the moments like, oh, I really like Medina. I feel bad if she's genuinely insecure about her age, but I'm just upset that someone felt the need to spread a rumor about me to her and that might upset Joey. You're like, babe, not a rumor. You weren't <laughs> talking shit. Were. I, I think the tough, the tough thing about this show is that you, in normal life, you can just be mildly annoyed with someone, talk a little shit, and it has no consequence. And you've just like kind of gotten that off that like petty instinct off your chest. When you're being filmed and you're in close quarters with all the other women, it's going to be a much bigger deal. Yeah. So you just have to try to not do that. Or you have to answer for it. And and Maria's like, why should I have to answer for it? <laughs> yeah. So they head to the cocktail party and... Lexi gets some time with Joey first. She's feeling both calm and also nerves, as you do. And she has an easel set up so that she can paint Joey like a French girl. She has him to sit perfectly still. She's like, I have a master's in fine arts. My work is in museums across the country. And then she, like, reveals a stick figure in watercolors and gives him, like, a straight-faced explanation of the symbols. And Joey's like... Lexi's so funny. I love seeing this jokester side of Lexi. And Caitlin tells him that she played the French horn. He's like, Star Wars. And she's like, no, Star Trek. He's like, wow, a nerd. I love that. I'm obsessed with Caitlin. I love the nerdiness. Evelyn brought him a customized denim jacket embroidered with 4TRR, for the right reasons, a rose, some tennis slogans, a painting. It's beautiful. This is something that, sh- like, that she, she does. She listens to our friends, Game of Roses. <laughs> and she and she does this is this is like her art that she makes and sells these these denim jackets. So I want one. Is, yeah. I mean it's pretty cool. I, Joey just got one. Like he didn't even have to like <laughs> he didn't even have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so unfair. Uh meanwhile, Taylor is helping Maria figure out how to approach the whole drama situation. She's like, someone just told Medina that that you were being dismissive of her feelings. And like, of course, that's not what you were doing. And Maria's like, I'm just upset because I've been so nice to everyone and they've been so nice to my face. And I'm like, Maria, you were the one who wasn't nice behind someone's back. That's what's happening here is that you were nice to someone's face and then behind her back, you were not nice. Like, just say, I made a throwaway petty comment. Sorry, Medina, that I did that. It wasn't my intention to dismiss your feelings. I just felt feel like we're the same age. And then move on. But no, she's like, someone is spreading a malicious rumor and I've been betrayed. This is how it always happens, though. It's like when someone else is mean behind your back, you're like, that bitch. And then when you're mean behind someone else's back, you're just like, that was just a normal thing for me to say. I can't believe you're being so weird about it. So Maria decides to address this while Medina is clearly setting up like a little romantic spot to cut, to talk to Joey outside. So she she walks up to her next to the pile of cushions and candles, guns blazing, with this very aggressive 
energy that's like, please explain to me why you're upset because you should not be upset. So, like, explain to me <laughs> why you feel that way, please. I dare you. I was like, and then I'm going to interrupt every time you try. <laughs> Can you please oh, just explain God, to me? Was... No, not like that. Not like that. Let me <laughs> let me stop you right there. This was not a good look for Maria. She's like, I'm not being condescending. And then she proceeds to use, like, the most (laughs) condescending tone possible to have this whole conversation. Medina says that what she heard was that Maria said, I'm old too, in a dismissive way. And Maria's like, oh, so does does being the age I am make you upset? Why does that upset you? And Medina's like, no, I'm not upset. I'm in a fine mood. I was just waiting for Joey. I want to talk to Joey. It's so obvious that Medina doesn't want to talk about this right now. She wants to be in a good headspace for this conversation with The Bachelor. And Maria is determined to have this argument now because she really wants to prove that she shouldn't have to defend herself and that she did nothing wrong. But Medina finally convinces her to, like, talk later so that Medina can have this conversation that we never see, but apparently it happens and it went fine. (laughs) Maria then like Rude. blazes back into the big room where she addresses the whole group and is like, who told Medina about me saying I'm old too to make her sad? And Sydney's like, yeah, I told her I thought your tone was really condescending and dismissive. And Ma- Maria's like, well, I don't think that Medina's old and like, I don't think I'm old and we're not old. And Sydney's like, well, Medina feels a certain way as the oldest in the house, and she's entitled to that feeling. And then Maria gives a little speech. I think we have a clip. I respect <laughs> that she's going through that, but I, let me promise you something. No, your opinion I is your opinion. Never, but I never ever shame someone. And, I, and let me tell you, her age being a problem in her heart, I feel for her because I want her to own it. I think she's not only a hot 31-year-old, she's beautiful in and out and joey would never look at her and say 31 Mm, too old for me baby not gonna happen not gonna happen if anything that's an advantage i just uh, (laughs) i'm maria like i i i understand that that's how you want the world to be i also want the world to be that way but like i actually don't think that it's the case that men perceive it to be an advantage when you're older than them certainly not on the bachelor like have you seen this show like come on (sighs) there's a reason medina feels this way it's not because she has lost touch with reality it's because women are penalized for being older in these contexts and in many contexts so it feels like kind of bizarre to act like medina is being illogical by feeling this way it's wrong that she should have to feel this way but it's based in reality especially on this show. I mean, Maria's also willfully misinterpreting why Medina is upset with her. I mean, she, because she's saying that it's, she's pretending as if some, she's pretending as if the problem is that she said that she and Maria are old, like, or when really it's because she invalidated her feelings about it and was condescending about her feelings about it. And so she's like, she's defending that her position as about age shaming when it has nothing to do with age shaming. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. She's like moved the goalposts of the argument so that it's something even stupider. And so that, and it just makes it all extend, even though she's saying, I want this to end. The whole thing yeah. is just pretty stupid. I mean, essentially uh, what she was doing is she was making fun of Medina for being concerned yes, about her age. for being upset. And mm-hmm. I, I, 
relate, honestly, to both of them this moment. At the very top of our show, we made fun of the idea that being 31 makes you too old to date. And yet, those insecurities come from real things in in the world. and, Mm -hmm. And it's totally valid for people to to have feelings about those realities, including Medina, and to be made fun of for having those feelings and then to have it's her pretend rude. that she wasn't making fun of her. Ugh, yeah, it's rude. I did. I just didn't like it. Like, you don't, don't be rude. Don't be rude. That's, that's <laughs> kind of the lesson. Ugh, so, meanwhile, Lauren is very determined to have the best cocktail party ever with Joey But of course, she keeps not getting time. And as we've discussed before, you have to be given permission to get time with the lead by production. You cannot just have it. Jacqueline is nodding her head vigorously. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's so obvious in this scene. Like, you, it's hard to even look at Lauren and say, well, why don't you just go get time? It's so obvious that she wants the time and that she can't have it. She's just like frantically adjusting the shoulders of her brown leather gown and being like, I just want my time with Joey. I'm just, I'm just waiting for my time. I want my time and getting more and more worked up as the other women come in being like, Oh, I just talked to Joey and it went so well. And Jacqueline, what was your read on this entire kerfuffle? I actually really liked it for a couple of reasons. One on my season, there were two girls who were targeted by production to make them crumble as quickly as possible. And they both kind of did. But one of them, I think they both also knew that they were being targeted by production, or at least one of them did. And so watching this whole thing, especially with Allison getting the first rose and Lauren getting the last rose the week before, you can tell she is being targeted. (laughs) And what I love about her leaving was her having the self-awareness to go, this is just going to continue. Like, I am not handling this well, and I'm I'm going to continue not handling it well. And her just being like, I'm out. And then I loved the scene of her leaving because because she had already made up her mind, Joey stopped being the bachelor to her. And you see two people interacting in a very different way uh, where she's just like totally casual. She's just like, yeah, let's just eat the fucking cake. Like this is, (laughs) you know, ridiculous. And she's still on camera and she's still emotional. And so there's that. But there was no attempt to impress him anymore. Yeah, it was really... The first time I think that I have watched this show in real time and been so aware of the fact that production was trying to break someone. And I think part of it is just that I've become more aware over time of how much production is in control of things like who gets time and that Lauren kept not getting time was very suspicious. And also things like they bring her the cake at like the very end of the night and then it's the wrong kind of cake that she didn't ask for. Like it just seemed so obvious that they were trying to disadvantage her through all of the things that they can control. And it was sort of satisfying in a way to see Lauren also clock this. Like, this isn't going to end well for me, so I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm not going to sit here being the one who gets the last rose, the last time to talk with him when I'm already in a bad mood. They bring the cake and it's the wrong cake. You know, like, she's just like, they have it out for me. I'm leaving. Yeah, I I agree. I found it I found it satisfying and he, Jacqueline hearing that framing makes so much sense to me. It is like this reaction that we don't see that often where suddenly Lauren is just like, "Okay, well I'm no longer 
playing the game and therefore I'm sidestepping the rules you have set out for this game. And I'm just eliminating myself. And yeah, like it would be so frustrating to be in this position, to just be denied time, to be told probably like, sit and wait, we'll get that cake for you. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then you're just sitting there for hours. And I also kind of related to her uh, self-awareness that she's like, I'm no longer in a headspace to be a good time and I cannot even fake it. So yeah, I should just go home. It was funny to me when she was like, I'm in a really pissed off mood. And I was like, I just feel like this is kind of how you seem all the time. But I know that is kind of her her baseline vibe. (laughs) She's just always salty in one way or another, but especially when she's on this show. Allison does try to comfort her and be like, just go out there and like be bubbly, be fun. Um, as we discussed earlier, but Lauren's like, no, I'm leaving. I'm done. Um, Joey then catches her doing her in the moment about why she needs to leave. And he sort of asks to talk and sit down with him. (laughs) And she's like, I'm crying again. This is so annoying. And then he's like, let's sit here. And she's like, I'm in leather. And he's like, do you want to stand? And she's like, no, I'll sit. I was like... (laughs) Oh, Lauren, like, I, I, I get that she's not trying to impress him anymore, but also I was like, this is, seems exhausting to deal with. And I was like, I sometimes, I, I had this moment where I was like, this is probably what it's like for Greg when I'm, like, really moody and everything he said, you know, it's like, do you want to do this? No. Do you want to do the other thing? No, I guess I'll do the first thing. It's just like, okay. So glad we're doing this. Um, And so they sit in her leather dress and she tells him she's going to go home. And this is where we get the cold open scene, but with all the parts where they discuss the fact that she's going home, which had been left out because that would be a big spoiler. And Joey's like, I wish I could convince you to say, but you're clearly over it. And, you know, I'm sorry if I contributed to, to this. And then they get the cake. They cut into it together. She's like, if it's not red velvet, I'll be even more mad. And it's not red Obviously. velvet. Obviously. Obviously, it's not red velvet. And so she puts the cake down. And I'm like, let Joey have some cake. He, was, he never Maybe said it's he, delicious. He never said he needed it to be red velvet. Um, but he's like, what can I do for you right now? And she's like... She's like, literally nothing. Nothing. Maybe I'll see you at hometowns if you marry my sister. <sighs> And then after he leaves, we see her smash the cake. She says, if my dad were here, he would have said, I told you not to go on that show. Meanwhile, inside, Allison is in tears. She misses Lauren so much already. Uh, And that leads us right into the rose ceremony. Roses go to Rachel, Lexi, Kelsey A, Kelsey T, Jen, Evelyn, Autumn, Medina, Leah, who didn't get a date at all this week, and... To me, that seemed designed to make her doubt her choice of throwing her steal-a-date card card into the fire. Yeah. Really planting that insecurity. Yeah, and it's also something that can often, that they often do with, like, a first impression Rose recipient to then wait, make them wait for more validation mm-hmm. to, like, let's see how much we can stretch that early confidence until it completely breaks and turns into <laughs> insecurity. So, yeah. We're seeing it start. It's, har- it's happening. 
Caitlin gets a rose. Krissa, Maria, Star, who I don't think we've seen speak. No, she said the thing. She said the thing about how um, Joy was going to be visualizing them all in dresses, and she was afraid. Oh, that was Star. Okay, I just (laughs) that's the one thing I remember her saying. She's she really has not made. She was the one who was scared to not be in a wedding dress. Uh, the final two roses go to Allison and Sydney. Daisy, Edwina, and Jess already have roses. And also, of course, Sydney and Maria are put directly next to each other during this rose <laughs> ceremony. Going home are Taylor, Erica, and Marlena. Lauren, of course, self-eliminated. So as the night wraps up... Lexi gives a very grim prognosis. She's like, people are starting to make real connections, so some other people are starting to lash out. Next week, shit's going to go down. I can feel it in my bones. It's going to be wild. Meanwhile, Maria's giving an ITM, saying she just doesn't trust Sydney. If you're willing to start something over something so stupid, it makes me wonder what else you're capable of. Which leads us to next week. Of course, the Sydney Maria feud is going to continue. We're also going to get the first Bachelor Open, the return of the Askin ladies, which is frankly all I needed to see to get excited for next week, and maybe a possible Kelsey T one on one, which I would definitely welcome. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. Can you let the people know where to find you and all of your work? Thank you. Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at @trombolina, and then I have a mental health podcast called A Little Help for Our Friends. Um, so I would love, love, love if you all listen to that podcast. It's totally evidence-based. We dive into the research every time, and my co-host and I are both psychologists and psychologists-to-be who talk about our clinical experiences as well. So thank you so much for inviting me on. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. First, I love to see Maria validating Lauren's feelings of grief during the wedding reception date. It was like the best moment for Maria this episode, which was sort of up and down for her. But I thought that it was really nice to see a moment of like support, not just from the lead, which they're always happy to highlight, but from another woman on the show. I really appreciated that that made it to the final cut. We also love to see Joey and the audience getting a little more time with Rachel, who seems like such a delight. I'm I'm excited to, to see more of her. I also love to see Daisy talking about her hearing loss and her implant, her cochlear implant, and Joey being such a good listener during that conversation and, and receiving it with so much interest and empathy. We also love to see Jubilee Sharp back on our screens. We love you, Jubes. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We love to see paintball slash capture the flag heart instead of football. Uh, It seems less physically hazardous than a lot of these competition dates they like to do. No one got sent to the hospital. It looked like actually kind of a lot of fun. Certainly it was fun to watch, so I enjoyed that. Also love to see Joey's continued attentiveness to each and every woman that he speaks to. And I mean, especially the way that he just gently wipes the tears off of their little faces. I mean, come on. Just it's yeah. the stuff of romance novels. Yeah. Whoever told him that that was a good move with the crying woman, 
You were right. You did it. <laughs> we also Is love that the work of his sisters. <laughs> Maybe. They're really good sisters if they're giving him this granular advice on how to date women. Uh, we also love to see Evelyn using that Game of Roses language and her gift to Joey for TRR. I really enjoy always seeing the the universe of Bachelor commentary kind of like slip onto the show in these small ways. That was really fun. And now it's time for Hate to See It. We hate to see Lauren just fully spiraling after literally one week of things not going well. As we said earlier, the self-elimination is kind of satisfying to watch, but uh, to just see her kind of break just as production intended was rough. Yeah, agreed. I also hated to see Taylor talking about her flaws. Like just when we were done with that. Yeah, just when you think you've moved past some sort of sexist trope on this show, it it pops up again as fresh as a daisy. We can't get rid of the claws coming out. We also hated to see Medina being really sad about the idea of being 31 and the ways in which that might disadvantage her in the world, larger world of dating, as well as specifically on The Bachelor. This is not a dig at her. We just found it really fucking depressing and a pretty sad reflection of our culture's attitude at women over the age of 29. Yeah. I also just hated to, to not see her conversation about it because I I can understand a lot of valid reasons why you might feel a lot of pressure to to get started on starting a life with a partner and a family. And we just don't know what her reasons are outside of that brief comment because they didn't show her time with Joey. And I would have loved to see more of her sharing her her feelings and the story behind that. Absolutely. I also hated to see Maria talking shit and then denying that she was talking shit. We all do it, girl. Just own it. Move on. Yeah. We also hate to see a wasted cake. Cakes do not fare well on this show. And I'm always watching the show at the perfect time to eat cake, you know? And I never have a cake. And I never have a cake. I want that cake. It's always like I watch this, you know, at like 9.30. All I want is a big piece of cake. I just want a warm, gooey piece of chocolate cake. Oh, God, just and instead I'm watching me a, cho- a, cake a little chocolate lava cake. On the flagstones, it's depressing. It's so depressing. Justice for cake. <laughs> Which brings us to this week's season rating. We are rating Joey's Camp Counselor Energy out of 10 ooey gooey s'mores. I think this was quite another strong showing. What did you think? Claire? Oh yeah, this was this was maybe like a 7.5 or an 8 for me. Um I loved how encouraging he was of the women when they opened up with their feelings. Um I loved how he was really like in there on the group dates, like getting into the challenges alongside the women and encouraging them. I I loved seeing him teach a private tennis lesson to Jesse Palmer. Like I really felt like I was getting a good through line of Joey's camp counselor energy throughout the episode. 
I agree. And everyone knows that part of being a great camp counselor is being able to have those difficult conversations when one of your campers is in a mood or throwing a tantrum. Or they really miss their parents. feeling homesick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we got some of that energy in this episode, too. So I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah. On that note, that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Emma Gray, Claire Fallon, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word about Love to See It to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week. Stitcher. Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more, an extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP.